You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 753. Don't discount the uh, opportunity with land. I did for a long time, even though I was in it, I still kind of discounted it and, you know, kind of always putting myself in the buyer's shoes rather than just stepping back and, you know, recognizing that there are buyers out there for pieces of land that I personally wouldn't be interested in. And so there's still opportunity out there. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome, Landshark. I have Tom Robinson, my very first land student, on with me today. What's uh, up, Tom, guys? Introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. You know, you're a celebrity in my mind. <laughs> Too kind. So I'm a real estate wholesaler. Started off flipping. I say that, but my very first deal was actually a land deal. But uh, from the Midwest, was in the Detroit area for a bit, and then South Bend, Indiana, and now I'm living my dream and doing virtual stuff and living out West. So yeah, it's fun. Super fun. So I got to meet Tom over tacos in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and uh, we met on Facebook and it's just been an amazing adventure. Since then, he's moved out of Colorado to Utah mm-hmm. and we're now our long distance relationship. But you know, I love the fact that your first real estate deal was a land deal. Were you in any type of land coaching when you did this first land deal? No, it was the craziest thing. So I was actually going after five houses at a bank auction. Never done a deal in my life. And I was all interested in flipping homes, went to the auction and these homes, like three of them went for more than what I thought the ARV was on these homes. And I realized, well, I'm not going to get a deal from this, or at least on the homes I was looking at. And then all of a sudden, this this uh, parcel of land came up. It was just a city uh, infill lot. And it came up and the guy you know, started the bidding at a thousand bucks. And someone said, yeah, a thousand bucks. And then he went to 1500 and no one bid at it. And finally, it was about to go. And they said, 1500 And I, I raised my hand. <laughs> and he said, sold sold to that guy for 1500 bucks." And I thought to myself, oh, crap, what did I just do? <laughs> I haven't seen this lot or anything. I uh, drove past it on my way home and realized how it was like not my favorite part of town, but it wasn't too bad. But uh, I go home. My wife says, so did you get any properties? And I'm like, yeah. Which one? Well, it's this lot that we haven't even looked at. And uh, that night I slept on the couch. She wasn't too happy with me that I, you know, deviated from the process <laughs> that we, or the plan that we had laid out and shortcut, you know, ahead a bit. I ended up selling that property for 9,000 bucks. So I spent 1500 and uh, ended up selling it for nine grand, you know, a couple months later. So it was a great start. It wasn't a, a complete flop and it was, you know, really opened my eyes to the ROI that real estate has and specifically land. I love it. So you bought this property for 1500 sold yeah. it for 9000 Yeah. So 
I'm not very good at math, so that's about a $7,500 profit. Yeah, yeah. Now, I had to go mow the grass a couple of times, and you know, I, I didn't play my cards right in moving it fast enough. I could have made a little bit more, but uh, yeah, generally speaking, I mean, big numbers, it's about 7500 bucks. I would hate to see if you would have only made two thousand dollars. How how long you would have had to like slept on the sleep on the couch? <laughs> well, I thought it was going to be a complete loss. So honestly, that was a huge win. <laughs> so I thought we were talking going to talk about land, but let's talk about marriage counseling. So you know, how long did you have to sleep on the couch? Did you let you off the couch when you brought home the seventy five hundred dollars? <laughs> you know, I married right. My wife, you know, the very next day, she was really supportive and. She uh, was like, you know, I think we can do it. What if we spec built on this property? And I mean, she was already thinking of how to get through it, but make it a win. But yeah, surround yourself with good people. That's all. That's the best advice, I think, out of that. <laughs> yeah, Tom, she was probably up all night long trying to figure out how to dig you out of that hole she thought you got into. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a whole list of things to do when you woke up the next morning. Um, <laughs> so you just put out a lot, man. So you went there... And there was five houses and all of them went over ARV. How in the world are these guys buying these properties and ARV after repair value? So after someone goes in and fixes up this house to sell it, you know, I just, that's what I don't understand about houses. You know, everyone's there at that auction to buy those Mm -hmm. houses. And there's, there was one piece of land and one guy's hand went up. Sounds like by accident. So it sounds to me like you had zero competition at the auction for that lot you bought. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. I mean, there was nobody that was, that had eyes on that. Everything else, everyone was drooling over these houses and overpaying. No one had eyes on that lot. And they were all probably thinking you were the big dummy for buying it. Yeah. So how long did it take you to sell this property, this lot? So that's a great question. It took me, it took me about a year, but that was dumb on my part. It was a corner lot. And it was long and narrow. And I really only had the adjacent buyer on the long side of the property um, that I thought I could sell to. And so I went to him after I bought it and I said, hey, man, are you interested in buying this lot next door? I'll sell it to you at a great price. He said, I would be, but I'm in foreclosure and I'm going to lose my house in the next few months. So I thought, bummer, you know, maybe I could buy that house and flip it. Well, that didn't work out. And it ended up, I waited for that next buyer and that next buyer ended up, he bought it. I went to him and he was a bit physically handicapped and was not interested in, in owning more uh, grass to mow. And so at, at that point I realized, okay, I got to figure out something else. And so I put up a fridge sale by owner sign up. And from that point to selling it, it was only, man, it was like only like two months or something. It was, it was not a long holding period from when I put the sign up to when we sold it. So you sold it in two months with a sign. Did you, did you market it anywhere else like Facebook or Craigslist or Zillow or? <laughs> no, I didn't. It was kind of on a, a main surface street, not a main, main road in town, but it was a main uh, road through a neighborhood and so people were driving past and, and they were seeing it. So I had that advantage, but it just took it for sale by owner sign and that's what moved it. 
That's awesome. I love signs. You know, a lot of land investors are not, I don't know if it's, they're just not willing to, or they're just being lazy or a lot of my land is in other States and other counties. So I have never stepped foot on these properties, but I always try and get signs on the properties that I have a hard time selling online. Most of my marketing is online. I like to use the free sites, but if we have a hard time moving something, if something's not moved, in a certain amount of time, we'll pay a guy to go and put signs up all down mm-hmm. the street, the highway. So they absolutely work. Well, let's fast forward. When did you start uh, going through my land course? Yeah. So let's see. It's been, I don't know, maybe three months now, three months ago. Yeah. Not too long. So uh, efforts thus far from the, the land courses, we've set out, we set out one batch of mailers uh, ended up getting a property for real cheap. It's an uh, an acre, little over an acre. For we got it for two hundred and fifty bucks, and have some interest in it for once again nine thousand bucks. I don't know what it is, but that seems to be my magic number for for land parcels. But yeah, just from from one one batch of mail pieces, a lot for two hundred and fifty bucks plus recording fees, and we've got some interest on it for for nine grand. That's crazy that you could buy an acre of land for $250. You know, when, in the beginning, when I would tell people about this, you know, I just bought a piece of land for 500 bucks. They would think I was crazy. Like, where did you buy this land? Michigan or something? Like, no, not Michigan, in Colorado. <laughs> so you sent out one batch of mail. How many letters would you say that you sent out to lock this one deal up? Yeah, we sent out um, 700. And I, there's some leads in that as well that we're doing some follow-up and negotiation that, that may still come to fruition. But yeah, 700 mailers uh, brought this one in. That's amazing. And you know, where did you find your buyer for this property? You says sounds like you haven't sold it yet. Sounds like you just got you've got interest in it for nine thousand. You know, where are you finding these buyers at? Yeah, so posted on local Facebook groups, and then uh, also. There's some other like social, like uh, classified, classified ad companies in this area. So just really through that, uh, that medium, not through a realtor, not through a sign or anything, just online from my desk and just finding these uh, classified ad sites. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, are you going to do 9,000 cash or are you going to break this up over financing where they just come in with like a thousand dollars down? Like what's your, your plan with this lot? Yeah, so my plan is to do a $500 down payment and that will cover it'll cover a good chunk of the marketing, it'll cover the cost of buying the property and uh the the recording fees. And so I'm pretty much break even for my expenses at that point once I get the deposit. And then I pitched it to him that listen, I I want the remainder over 5 years. Um, so that's 142 bucks a month. And then there's some additional fees that we'll charge for escrowing taxes and processing fees or whatever, but essentially finance it over five years. And yeah, that's just passive income, just coming in every month, not having to do anything at this point. So I love that you said processing fees as well, because in the beginning, you know, I didn't charge any processing fees or document fees or note service fees. Now I charge all of those things and the buyers, 
do not even question it when my land specialist is selling them a property uh, because that helps pay for, you know, our bookkeeping fees, the CPA, and then, you know, the doc fees, just like pure profit. So those little fees really bump up what we actually make. Uh, you know, it's over $9,000 at the end of the day because mm-hmm. we charge a $10 a month note fee. We charge this, we charge a doc fee. So those things really add up. You know, I know that you have another property that you had purchased a while back ago and you kind of thought it was, you know, a done deal. Can you tell us a little bit about that one? Yeah, absolutely. So it's almost, it's almost mirror of these other two deals that we just talked about, but it was a tax sale auction that we were looking at other homes to buy and they all were selling for more than what, uh, what we were looking to pay. And uh, my acquisitions guy pulled up this particular lot that was selling for 1100 bucks. So anyway, so having had the previous good experience at that bank auction, I decided, well, you know what? We're going to go for it again. So I pulled the trigger and I knew where this lot was. It was in a desirable part of town, generally speaking, for, for the area. And... I knew that this lot was actually worth about 20,000 bucks on paper. Like I just, if everything's perfect, this thing should be worth 20,000. So my ROI was, you know, through the roof. However, after I bought it, I, I discovered that there were some problems with the property. And turns out that this particular lot was in a neighborhood where the developer did some things with uh, leveling out the land, essentially took a swamp area and graded it in a certain way that the law in the state essentially said you can't actually put a uh, a septic field in the situation that it was in. So anyways, I'm I'm thinking garbage like this I just paid some taxes. I'm I'm a bit into this now and paid for soil borings to discover this and it wasn't looking so good. So I went to the neighbor. Once again, this is another I don't understand it, but it's another corner lot. <laughs> long rectangle. I went to the guy adjacent to it and uh, wanted to sell it to him. And I was going to cut him a deal at 5,000 bucks. And he was not interested in it. And so I thought, man, this is a total loss. He did. He knew you were sleeping on the couch. He didn't want to sleep on the couch too. Yeah, exactly. So I thought, man, I just lost, I just lost out and kind of just, kind of just put it aside. And then I joined your course and we just got to talking and I, I, I had actually previously kind of forgot about that lot. So I was just going to let it go uh, back to taxes. And you gave me the vision and encouragement to say, you know, no, take some marketing initiative and, and go push it out some more. People buy this stuff all the time. And uh, even in this bad condition, you know, unbuildable condition. Sure enough, I blasted it out there. I don't know what it is, but my magic number is 9,000 bucks. And uh, I got a buyer and I mean, it wasn't like I was holding anything back. I was completely transparent with them and told them, listen, man, this is not buildable at this point. Uh, I've done soil borings. This is the situation. The good news is you do have to have a selling point. And I told him, I said, the good news is this is a desirable lot in the best part of town. And there's not a lot of lots like this. There are future potentials where this may work out. And these are what they could be, but that's not the case right now. So it's really a hope that something comes to fruition in the future. And the guy said, you know what? I really see that that's going to happen. 
I, I can't see this not working out because the land is really desirable in this part of town. So he's on contract with me. He put $500 down. He pays $142 a month and it's just passive. And that deal was going to be a complete loss for me had we not actually discussed it and you, and you painted the picture of you know how lucrative and interested people truly are in uh, in land. That is crazy. You know, it never ceases to amaze me how easy it is to sell a piece of land with problems like non-buildable. And granted, you know, you probably made every mistake in the book. You know, generally we like to see what the land is. We try and pre-sell mm-hmm. it before we actually pay for it to the seller. But you know, that's amazing. It's it's really incredible how you were able to kind of still, you know, make lemonade with a bunch of rotten lemons. So this guy bought a piece of land that's not currently buildable, can't put a septic system for 500 down and $142 a month. So where did you find this buyer from? Like the crazy town or something? Once again, it was Facebook. I just put it out on Facebook and people just just came flocking. It was kind of, I had a few people interested. There were a few interested parties. The other people didn't keep going with it, but he did. Yeah, it was it was good. And the funny thing is, like people in that neighborhood saw that post, and I haven't been mowing it. I thought it was a complete loss, so I was just gonna not do anything. And so <laughs> I had some I had some hate messages from the neighbors saying, "You haven't been keeping up with this lot, and you need to be honest with everything." And I was. I, I told them everything that I knew, and even with that, those comments from the neighbors. It, it's still sold. So <laughs> that's so funny you bring that up because I cannot stand those comments. It actually drives me crazy. I call those guys trolls and they never buy. They're just there to make your life hard. And it's so funny. Thank God I have a, a great virtual assistant that that runs my Facebook advertising and answers all the questions like, is this available? She does an incredible job with it because a lot of people are tire kickers or they're there just to, to give you a hard time. We had purchased, uh, I think it was like eight and a half acres, really close to Fort Carson, Colorado. And it was an area where everyone thought we weren't allowed to get basically drill a well or weren't able to get water. So we had real estate agents bashing us. I can't believe you're taking advantage of these people. Well, we went to the state, purchased a well permit for $100 <laughs> and... You know, where they all thought that we couldn't get water, we just now made this land like five times more valuable. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's just, we ended up buying that land for, I think, almost seven grand and we sold it on on contract for 35000 and our down payment was seven grand. So we got our money back. Um, but now it's like, we actually look at areas like that and we purchase the water, the well tap permit, and then we buy the land. So if we can't mm-hmm. buy the well tap, you know, we're not out of any money. Mm-hmm. So it's like we try and do all the due diligence we can first and then purchase it. And then hopefully we have it pre sold and we use the buyer's money to pay the seller. That's something that I have absolutely enjoyed working with you on and, and the different mindset with that you can do with land because I'm not sure if everyone on the podcast, you know, caught that, but with land, Brent has really, you know, pushed pushed me to say, you know, to think outside the box of traditional wholesaling, 
there is opportunity to pre-market this land. People aren't paying attention to, to Facebook and everything about you know land deals when they're looking to sell. And so, you know, kind of thinking outside the box and yeah, you get a little, you know, being able to get a pulse on what getting a buyer lined up, that has been super helpful and it's way more flexible with land than it is with, uh, with homes. Yeah. And it's, I did it out of necessity in the beginning because I was poor. I, when I first started my land, I was spending when, where you say you buy a piece of land for $250. I've been there multiple times. I bought them for 250, 700, 500, but the difference between you and I, I was spending rent money. I was spending grocery money. So I had to have a buyer. Like I almost tried to get him to sign in blood. Like you will be paying me for this piece of land tomorrow. Right. And I would get like three or four commitments because God forbid we didn't pay the rent that month or our grocery bill. I would have been sleeping on the couch and I hate my couch, honestly. (laughs) So. So I was freaking out. So I, it was kind of out of necessity. So I just had to do it that way. I don't want to talk about too many deals, but I know you have one in the pipeline and it's a pretty sweet one. You want to tell me a little bit about the the Midwest deal you've got going on? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we have, um, so I do some markets in the Midwest and virtually for, for homes and wholesaling. And this is a cold calling lead where we called I mean, the whole thing shouldn't have worked out, but it just did. Um, we were actually calling on a property for this guy and the cold caller somehow ended up calling the son and the cold caller was on their toes and, you know, they, they pivoted the conversation because obviously the, the son couldn't sell the father's property, but they still asked him, you know, do you have any, do you have any other properties that you, you would be interested in, in selling? And this guy said, yeah, I actually have 11 acres that we were going to build our dream house on. But to be honest, like it's too much. We've got so much going on in life. We're just not interested. He was so ready to be done with it. He's like, listen, I'm willing to sell it at even a, a bit of a loss just so that I'm, I'm done with it. Now they had it on, um, on a mortgage and I was going to get it on subject to terms, like just take over the payments. And this is really interesting. I've never run across this. Let me interrupt you just for a second. What do you mean by subject to like take over the payments? Sure. Great question. So, so they bought this property with, um, not in cash. They went and got a loan for the property from the bank and they're making monthly payments to, to pay it down and buying it subject to would mean I, now have the property in my name, but their original mortgage stays in place. And I will now start making those payments and using that debt towards the purchase of the property. So in this case, they were just, they bought it, I think for 45 and they, they owed 35 on it. And they're just, they just want to be done. They don't, they're fine taking a loss. They just want to just get that loan paid off. And he said, yeah, if you want to just take over those payments, that would be fine. This was really interesting, Brent. I haven't talked to you about this, but so I hopped on a call with him and his wife about this. And it's so funny on the phone call, the wife told him, well, how would that, or she said, how would that work with the lien that's on our personal home to secure that property? And he didn't have a clue on this, but what, anyway, so what happened was the bank, when they loaned them the money to buy that property, they put a mortgage against that property, a lien on that property, 
And they also put a lien on their personal residence to guarantee it. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So so anyways, uh, when that came up, rather than go forward and there's still a lien on their personal residence, um, we changed the 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 model so that it would be a a, a cash purchase because they that's their biggest fear is they don't want a, a lien on their personal property anymore with no. that property but <laughs> I was worried they were going to go through a divorce <laughs> yeah over yeah, never, over that you never make you know a, about it yeah you never want to make a seller's situation more difficult yeah like you want to help them too like if you could serve a seller you were going to be served in the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's probably one of those things. You want to pay that thing off, get it out of there, and get it out of their hair, really. <laughs> Smart thinking. Yeah. But you know, the interesting thing about this is they both know that this is worth, and and we haven't said this yet on the podcast, but it's worth about nine to, to 11 grand an acre. So we're talking about $100,000, you know, ARV. Well, hundred thousand dollar true value and they want to sell it for 35 and just be done with it they recognize that it's worth that much but uh they just want to be done they just are so busy that i'm willing to take it off their hands right now and help them through the sale process whatever that entails and looks like just so that they're this is one less thing for them to worry about we're supposed to connect uh later this week and hopefully we have a a signed contract and can move forward with it. So it'll be a, it'll be a home run deal for sure. As that uh, comes to pass. 35 cents on the dollar. Yeah. And no that- work. Like it, it doesn't need any work to it. Right. I mean, that's <laughs> about it is it's, it's just a straight wholesale hotel, however you want to term this uh, for this, but yeah. Yeah. 35 cents on the dollar. Yeah, that's incredible. That reminds me, uh, I did a I did a deal back in 2016. It was 44 acres next to Schriever Air Force Base in Colorado, and we got we had been offering this bank. The bank owned this land, and we had been offering them twenty thousand dollars cash, closing thirty days for like six months. And the banker just, you know, he kept following up with us, which is really cool. Cause we had just sent him like a postcard and he just kept following up with us and we kept offering 20 grand, but we knew the land was worth, you know, at that time over $110,000. That's being very realistic and very conservative. Well, one day he called us up. He called my acquisition manager. I think I was in the field with the army at the time. I was still in the military. He called my acquisition manager and said, look, we'll take 25 K that's it. I'm not calling you anymore. Let me know by the end of the day. And this was like Friday when he called. I think it was already in the afternoon. So we had like till five o'clock. So I was like, Jen, let's do it. Get it under contract. And I got out of the field, I think Saturday afternoon. And my my wife, Emily, and, our, and my, I only had one son at the time. They were in Florida. So I had all day Sunday. And I went and got a bunch of uh, yellow signs and I wrote on these signs, 44 acres, cash only, 38K mm-hmm. in my phone number. And I heard Tom Kroll once say, put out 33 bandit signs. So how many do you think I put out? I put out 33. <laughs> um, I think I was maybe on sign number 26 and I got my first 
phone call and it was someone yelling at me because <laughs> I put it on their property. But the second phone call, I thought I was like bracing for impact. Mm-hmm. And it was a gentleman from Texas who had been riding around for the last week. They had just sold their ranch in Texas and they had cash and they were looking to move their cattle from Texas to Colorado. So I was like, well, I'm actually about five minutes away from the property. If you want, I'll show it to you. So I met him on the side of the road and pointed at the land. (laughs) And he said, so it's mine for 38K. And I said, yeah. And we shook hands on the side of the road on a Sunday afternoon. And kid you not, I got a call the next day for $14,000 higher than what uh, this guy was willing to do it. Like these guys called and was like, look, we'll give you like, it was like, I think 52 K like tomorrow. So I was like, Oh my goodness. So I had one of those like uh, crossroad moments in my life. I was like, man, $14,000 was a a game changer for me. It would have changed my life back then, which also so did, you know, 38 K on a $25,000 deal. So I called my buyer the one that promised to give me 38,000 on the side of the road. And I said, you know, Hey, what if, what if you just made seven grand for meeting me on the side of the road? I was going to split the 14 grand with them. Mm, No, what's that? That's smart. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, as you come out ahead, he comes out ahead. I mean, that's, that's a great approach. Yeah. He said, absolutely not. I want to land. And I didn't have a contract with him, but I was just like, it hurt, man. But we went through the deal. I made a quick $13,000 in a week and a half. But here, if I would have known then what I know now, here's what I would have done. I would have gotten $25,000 down for this land. Mm-hmm. And I would have sold it for a hundred and, you know, let's just call it a hundred thousand to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. $100,000 and held the financing, you know, for however many years, let's just say a hundred thousand minus the twenty-five, that would have been roughly seventy-five thousand dollars, seventy-five thousand. Mm-hmm. And let's just divide that by sixty months at zero percent interest. That would have been what is that? I'm just doing the math really quick. That would have been one thousand two hundred fifty dollars a month for the next five years. That's if I charge zero percent interest and sold it at a discount. Brilliant. So brilliant. That's what we do every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. One thing that was has been a um, like a validation point with some of the sellers that I've talked to for these lots that I've worked on is I tell them, you know, I'm in real estate, I'm in investing, and the paychecks are not consistent. I mean, as much as we as much as we would like to say, you know, as steady as we are with marketing. Every month you get, you know, X number of deals. Some deals hit in other months and versus other months. You know, it's you have highs and lows just all the time, even with consistent marketing. It just happens naturally, just for whatever reason. And what I tell them is, you know, it's really nice on my end to have consistency, have some level of base consistency through doing a seller financing option. And then everything else just kind of works itself out. And you know, these buyers, you know, they're already interested in the land, but it makes you a little bit more personable. 
that I, this is what I found is it makes me more personable with them and uh, develops a, a level of trust and understanding of, you know, intentions. So they don't feel like ripped off. I know some people are like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is not conventional. And, uh, you know, this is why I do it. So I love it. All right. Last question. What advice would you give to the person listening to this podcast and thinking about getting started building their passive income through land? Yeah. So, um, two pieces of advice. One, I definitely look to you as a mentor. I mean, right out the gate, you've helped me expand my mindset and, you know, salvage a deal that was, that was junk before. That's a $9,000 swing right to my pocket. I just happened to have that deal. So that was good. But, you know, other deals came pretty quick with, uh, with mailing. And so, you know, your mentorship has really helped out, you know, just generally though, don't discount the uh, opportunity with land. I did for a long time, even though I was in it, I still kind of discounted it and, you know, kind of always putting myself in the buyer's shoes rather than just stepping back and, you know, recognizing that there are buyers out there for pieces of land that I personally wouldn't be interested in. And so there's still opportunity out there. So don't, don't discount this avenue of real estate investing because it definitely has some good paydays and it, it has a lot of cool options you can do for cash flow. I love it. I couldn't agree with you more. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Tom. And if you're interested in getting started on your way to generating passive income through land, head over to wholesalinginc.com forward slash land. That's wholesalinginc.com forward slash land and schedule a call with me. We'll hop on a short call together and discuss your real estate investing goals. And if it sounds like we're a good fit, let's work together. I'd be honored to help you on your land investing journey. And I'll see you next time, Land Sharks. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.